podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by Miff and James as we cover all things Celtic. James, your cliched game of two halves against St Johnston on Sunday, what's your initial response to that one? Certainly game of two halves. My question is, how did they get to turning in such a poor performance? You know, what, what did they think to put themselves in a frame of mind that they were just going to get the three points by turning up? They were so, so poor. If you looked at the stats between first half and second half and chances created, there's not actually that much difference but in terms of dangerous chances it's like 20% to 80% it's wild so the good news I suppose is that we've got a manager there that can get the reaction out of them and he, and he certainly did that Is that an official subcategory or a James That's subcategory? an official one I'd like to be mine I wasn't trying to be wide You're a wee bit I wasn't I wasn't Matthew you've got some some points to make about Brendan Rodgers so go for it uh, Points to make Hello Tino Hello James Hello listeners um, I've got some I will. That first half performance for me, it'll take me a while to go over that. Really, it was that bad, in my opinion. Some real amateurish stuff, which should be nowhere near Celtic. Well, specifically talking about Yang, really. Yep. But I would also argue the defending for that corner is we are in big trouble again if the identified tactic against us is flood the six yarder and launch the ball I mean you're pretty much getting guaranteed a goal a game against us that's big trouble if we don't actually defend that properly I mean that is football tactics 1.0 yeah and and we have a, a highly experienced international goalkeeper who seems unable to move you're going to concede corners pretty much every game you play unless you're extremely uh, competent at defending and we're not mm-hmm. so let's accept we're going to give away corners if you're Hibs on Wednesday night if you're getting a, an opportunity either from that or a set piece you're flooding the box, aren't you? Every time. You know, it kind of went away for a while, but it's it's been a mark of Celtic for, for quite some time and it's back with a vengeance now. I mean, part of it is Hart's age and maybe the you know, kind of drop in athleticism. He's not confident enough. If he comes out, he's, got, he's going to connect. But nine times out of ten, the goal is going to get the benefit of the doubt in terms of fouls against him and stuff like that. Not always, but most of the time, he's anything in the six-yard box, your goalies. We just need to be braver. I don't think Matt Riley's. Um, so play Moss in it as well. Pulled. Um, so yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. yes. N- not enough to make an arse out the way he did. No, mm. absolutely not. He's, that, he's more dangling a foot. When, Bre- when he gets the chance to clear it, he doesn't put his foot Bre- through. Brendan Rodgers was asked, listen, you'll, you'll have, we'll oh, get to Brendan Rodgers' comments, and, and they asked him, was it a foul? And he says, no, we were, we were just weak. We lacked yes. the aggression and we lacked the desire to go and clear the lines. O'Reilly just needs to go and clear that with his head. Uh, he's a handsome man, he's got cracking hair, but he needs to be willing to mess it up now and then and, and stick the head on it. However, Despite all that, the one mark of a quality team is that those players, O'Reilly and Hart, then went to contribute mm-hmm. to the victory. So, I, I, you know, it it would be remiss of me not to mention that. But there's too much about the team that's weak in, in general. There's a weakness mm-hmm. around depth and quality, I would say. Lots of numbers, little quality. Um, I would argue that so basic were the mistakes that Yang was making on the wing. It was leading to breakdowns in play. Again, he did some good stuff. But, you know, just failing to take a touch, running the ball at the park, those types of things probably should have been hooked off before he was. And that if we are, as a squad, are in the position where we're relying on guys like Johnson and Forrest, I mean, I'm a huge Forrest fan, 
but you're relying on him still to come off the bench and win your games. As I'd mentioned um, yesterday, Tino, when we were messaging in, in, in the chat, yeah, some of the things I've seen from Yang pale in comparison to anything that Johnson's offered up in terms of poor quality. Mm. Johnson, you know, for, for whatever reason, he's, he's had that stick beat against him. I know Yang's young and he's came to a new country, he's settling into a culture, but if you know, if the roles were reversed, Johnson would be getting hounded out the place. I think if he's back and he's fit and the manager rates him, he's clearly a better option currently than, than Yang and we just need to accept that. I don't know if Yang would maybe benefit from a loan spell somewhere to go away and just play football and maybe acclimatise properly. It's been hard for him because it's been start-stop, he's been in and out, but it's no excuse for just not being able to do the basics. And it can't be a lack of... I can't imagine it's a lack of confidence because the manager's actually starting him. I, I think um, this, if, from Yang's point of view, just to, to defend him slightly, I think this comes back again to the poor transfer window. I don't think Yang was meant to be starting games at this moment in time. They've, they've brought him in from South Korea, young winger, inconsistent stats before he even got to Celtic. And listen, you can't account for Myra getting injured, Abada being injured, Marco Tullio not being ready. But I actually think Yang's been thrown in too early in his development. And to my point, maybe the plan was to train him for six months, put him out on loan. Who knows? So Yang, yes, individually he's performed poorly, but I think he's also suffering as, as a result of the system in, in the poor transfer window. I just want to get back to the fact that, you know, as opened or as said in the opener, James, it was very much this game of two halves. Do you put it down to complacency in terms of how the team started the game? Do you think they've just thought, ah, St. John's in the league, we just turn up and win these games? Do you think that's certain? I think that's certainly part of it. And, you know, that's that was Ferguson's biggest fear in football, was complacent players or complacent... Barry or, Ferguson? <laughs> Lewis? <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Hurts. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was, they just looked like they were, you know, going to turn up and stick the three points in the pocket and head back down the road. And that, that's a surefire way. There was actually a clip down the rounds this week, um, speaking of top quality managers, it was Steen, saying uh, my players started to believe that they couldn't lose a game. And he's saying that's exactly when you do lose a game, when you start to believe you're just going to turn up, we're a better team, we've got better players, we're going to take three points or two points at a time. Yep. So it was a, it's really worth worthwhile watch just to get at the market him. I've seen the clip and I'll share it. Uh, I thought it was great. It was a couple of minutes worth of Jock Steen talking about, yeah, his players thought they couldn't get beat. And that's what led to complacency back in the day. And a lot's changed in football, but a lot of the fundamentals remain. And if you go in blase and complacent in any game at any level, you'll get caught. To, to again mention the manager that James mentioned in Alex Ferguson, hard work was the absolute bare minimum they expected. Doesn't matter how bad a game you're having, you can still work hard. And mm -hmm. I'm not a level on that at the players, but I, I think you go back to fundamentals. I think we worked hard for the first 10 to 15 minutes and then we almost kind of seemed to surrender possession to St. Johnson and, and that would suggest to me that if, if St. Johnson are enjoying an extended spell of pressure it means we're obviously not working hard enough to go and win the ball back or our shape as a team is wrong and that would correlate directly with the anger that you're seeing for Rodgers because there's clearly something went wrong in that first half that he's not happy about um, and it, it just it just makes me wonder. I, the whole thing for me is quite quite puzzling. I, you know, why the hell did Rogers come back to to work with? You can't tell me he chose to come back to work with that squad. There's just something a bit off with the full thing. We're top of the league. We're clear at the top of the league. It might seem utterly bizarre to people listening in as to why our tone is the way that it is. But we, I just think. If you think everything's sunny and rosy in the Celtic camp just now, I, I 
just think you're being blind. Yeah, and listen, we are clear at the top of the league and, and there's no disputing that and it's a great place to be, but you, you also realise this is a week where we've exited Europe again, you know, after a, a fairly, certainly uninspiring results over the piece we've competed at times, but ultimately we fall short again and that's, there's a an undercurrent at the moment through Celtic of, you know, are we accepting this and there's a bit of frustration amongst fans. You made one point there, Miff, you didn't want to level um, not working hard at the players, Brendan Rodgers did today in his press conference, he done the early press conference for Hibs today, Monday, and he said hard work is, is a prerequisite mm-hmm. first and foremost. So that indicates that maybe some guys weren't working hard enough, and we'll get to a lot of that later in the piece in terms of some of the guys that aren't even in the squad at this moment in time. But <laughs> lots to cover, so we'll crack on. Um, just a wee bit of housekeeping. So the final whistle show for that St Johnson game was record- recorded last night between myself and Bridal. You can hear that right now here at the Celtic Exchange Plus. We're also back in midweek action against Hibs, as mentioned, on Wednesday night at Celtic Park, and we'll have the usual pre- and post-match shows for that one. Um, lads, the big talking point uh, post-match was Brendan Rodgers revealing that he was, quote-unquote, as angry as he'd ever been in all his time in management um, at half-time at McDermott Park. And there's a couple of ways to look at that. Somebody queried it on, on Twitter, is it not a, a big concern that your manager needs to come out and, and actually have that rant at players? Yes, it can be a concern, but it's also the life of a manager. Alex Ferguson, you've mentioned, made a living out of doing stuff like that. Jose Mourinho and various other managers. Your job is to motivate your players. Well, A, identify where there's a problem, and B, motivate accordingly. So I'm all for Brendan Rodgers going off on one at times. He can't do it too many times across a season. It loses its kind of weight. But if he has to do it now and then, Miff, then at least he's done it and got a response from it. The big danger is you do it. And the players still go out in the same shape in the second half. It was a complete turnaround at half time. Yeah, it was. And I dare say they haven't seen him too angry, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I would think that that would contain its shock value. And I, I think if you want to see the desired effect that it had, you only need to see the reaction of Callum McGregor when he scores. I think that's yeah. the biggest. He was clearly angry as well. Now, whether that's at the rollicking he's received for the, the manager or whether he himself was backing the manager up on that remains to be seen. But he's took it upon himself. I think there's starting to be a body of evidence now around O justifying a start. I'm not saying dropping Kyogo. I'm, I'm thinking maybe fitting Kyogo in the in, in the ten. Um, and again, I think the one thing you get with O is that industry. You know, he, he comes on, and one thing you can't level at him is, is a lack of effort. He's, he's always looking to you know kind of probe and, and run run the defenders. So again, you look at the players that have come on, how hard they've worked. It's quite damning on, on the players that have exited. Turnbull, Turnbull was on the periphery of the game. I think Rodgers likes him because he can score a goal. I think it's a bit alien to him to be running in behind. You can see he almost looks uncomfortable running in behind. Um, the the defence in supporting the attack, he wants to play in front of him to dictate it. But with McGregor and O'Reilly playing where they play, it's a bit square peg round hole for me with Turnbull playing in the ten. I, I think he should be playing deeper, but he's not, going to, he's not going to play before. Arrayler and McGregor just now, even though you might argue maybe he should, um, because the form of both those guys in more recent games hasn't been great. I take the point that Arrayler has been fantastic for a good portion of the season, but I think we're just too reliant on too many players, and or, sorry, we're too reliant on a small number of players, and if they don't play well, it really, really affects the team. McGregor, Arrayler, Kyogo, and I think past few games Palmer's been a wee bit off it compared to some of the flashes that he's shown that then is a real stifle on a creativity in the team 
if you then add to that a lack of hard work across the pitch and winning the ball back, that spells massive, massive trouble. So what I will say is, as horrid as the first half was, fair play to the team for digging it out second half. 100%. Um, James, you'll have seen, I don't know if you if you bother jumping on Twitter at half time and the likes, it's always a fun place to be. <laughs> Try not to. Um, and a lot of the chat, which is nonsense really, I miss Angeball. Bring back Angeball. Uh, the, arro- the arrogance of anyone thinking you, you can come in and change your treble win inside. Whoever replaced Ange was never going to be Ange, right? It was going to be Brendan Rodgers or A and others. So you can't just come in and say, we'll just do what the last guy done. That's not how football works. That's not how management works. Everyone's got their own unique style that they believe in and their own methodology. If I can feel you waiting to get in, but <laughs> just give a second. Um, so Brendan Rodgers has got his own style. Everyone's kind of slating at halftime and all that kind of stuff. Now... I, I, very generally, I will defend Brendan Rodgers because I think he's a very talented coach. So, so you can counter this in a minute if you like. But you need to look at the fact that he's working with a very different squad, very different eleven specifically to what Ange had to to work with last season. Now, not available to Brendan Rodgers is Jota's fifteen goals and fourteen assists from last season. Abada thirteen goals and fourteen assists. Hatati ten goals, eleven assists. Aaron Moy seven goals and twelve assists. And Carl Starfield undefeated domestically, partnering Carter Vickers at the back. You could argue that going the other way in a positive sense is Louis Palmer, who's come in and had a bit of an impact, which is great. But Math, you can't deny the fact that you're only as good as the players you've got to work with. And Brendan Rodgers currently doesn't have a strong eleven as Ange Postacoglu. That's just bottom line. What do you yeah. say to that? Yeah, it's true. But that, that again, that goes back to the recruitment. It, it feels like we, we just go in circles around that. Um, I, I, t- I take that point. It's on the club to replace those players when we know that they're leaving... You know, the decision to sell Starfield looks all the more baffling by the by the week as we continue with skills at centre half. And again, he's he's played well, but you know we've seen two guys that are struggling to get anywhere near yep. the team. It's it's just utterly utterly bizarre, and that's why I'm saying things just aren't making a whole lot of sense. I'd, January's going to be so intriguing is to see what what we do. We must at least be able to empty about five or six guys out in loan, if nothing else. Yeah. As, as an absolute bare minimum because there must be loads of guys talking about Adeguchi um, looks like he's been nominated for J League Player uh, of the Year he's back, He's coming back end of January that's his term their season runs yep. the calendar year uh, I think the writing's on the wall for Adeguchi you never know but to Mav's point there, there's so many guys that, that we just need to move out a 32 man squad we keep going on about I think the good thing about that with Adeguchi is it means you'll probably recoup some, some of the money, money that you, you've spent so um, yeah, James. I'm just going to ask: Are you concerned uh, with the style of play, the the slower approach, the fact that you know we mentioned that Ange, Ange loved to get off to a flyer and score early? We often scored in the first 15 minutes under Ange Postecoglou. This is a different approach. This is a more patient approach. 45 minutes worth of patience uh, on Sunday, which isn't great. Are you concerned in general about how we're approaching it, or is it just a result of the the players at Brendan Rodgers' disposal? It's a bit of both. Um, I am concerned because at the end of the day, if you're going to be a Celtic manager you need to be in the business of entertainment that's the way it's always been my biggest issue with it is that he's training the players up to play a certain way that does bolster you in Europe you know for with a bit of improved personnel we're probably going to the Europe at least with the way that Rogers plays in Europe you know we're in all the games until the last stages all that stuff apart from Madrid the issue is then coming back to Scotland with that same for, for formation and tactics that does you well away in Europe but you're then doing it away in Perth that's not necessary the players have to be able to switch to a more if you want and style where it's a lot more attacking in Scotland because 
you know, just horseshoeing it around, <laughs> horseshoeing it around, um, as it kills your buzz like you wouldn't believe, you know. So that it, it can be entertaining, but the players have really got to play the most entertaining version of that horseshoe malarkey. Yeah. Just to explain horseshoeing around for anyone that's not not sure. I don't know if it's, a, if it's an official footballing term, but basically. You got the left hand side and there's there's no options there. You're, you're stifled defensively, so you need to come back and recycle through your midfield and up the right hand side. And before you know it, you're creating this constant U shape without any great penetration. Whereas with Ange, it's just all guns blazing through the middle, down the wings, whatever which, the options are. Which gets you humped in Europe, right? Yeah. So the, there's, that's the other side of Ange's style of play. <clears throat> Some of the home games this season have been away performances have generally been much better than home performances this season I would say to, as in for entertainment value when you were watching I'd say the first half against St Johnson was really quite you know it was the exception but it was so bad that I think it's got a, a lot of the fans backs up because you're just like that's far far below the standard you expect to see you can't, Celtic you can't really blame the manager because he's, he's had to go in and tear them to shreds at half time so yeah. it's not like they're playing no. that way by following his instructions, they're not following his instructions. And even at that, the players won't turn up and deliberately play badly either. But it's just as a collective, it's just it's just so poor. And what I will say is, Roger's style is very different, more possession based. That's that's fine. But the the players we, we seem to be playing very very safe. Actually, where I thought. <laughs> You know, first 10 minutes, we looked like we were trying to get in behind a, a wee bit more often and a bit quicker. And I was thinking, all right, well, great. But then we were just failing to go and win the ball back. And it, it, you're going, right, well, if we're going to give it away so cheaply and then no minute back, we'll go back to the safe possession-based sort of format. It, it just ah, it was just a wee bit over the place. But then, if you're, being, <clears throat> if you're being absolutely honest about it, if you take a step back, the players are human. They've just been put out in Europe. You know, another away performance where effort put in has been very high but quality and output of result has been poor and and the players themselves are probably a bit like oh, you know here we go again another 12 o'clock kick off on a Sunday away up to Perth after it's been snowing all weekend and whatever they're only, they're only human but it didn't make me any less angry yesterday. well there's a thing so everyone was angry at half time and everyone you know enjoyed getting frustrated and fed up online and slating Rodgers and that's fine. That that's all very valid. I did not enjoy being frustrated. Okay, but everyone allowed themselves to become yes, frustrated. Yes, yes. But equally, James, there's then a, a very impressive second forty-five. So if you do one, if you come out angry at the first half, should you not be coming out full of praise at the second half? Yeah, it's a bit of a kind of a marital situation. You say, you know, I, I don't want you to apologise. I want you to not do the bad thing in the first place. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the second half performance. Is you speaking to Mrs. Muff? <laughs> second half performance is only necessary because of how bad the first half performance was. was maybe just be decent from the start. We don't need to, you know, just put the dishes away in the first place. Well, 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 easy, lads, easy. Get the, get the bins out. I hear you. Um, speaking of positive impacts in the second half, James, I've been waiting a long, long, oh, long, hey. long time <laughs> for the Mikey Johnson show. Um, uh, it's too early, Miff, to say I told you so, but the the signs are, the signs are there. I think for Mikey Johnson, right? So obviously, he came in had a had a huge impact. I thought he had a particularly clever, classy touch for the second goal, which, by the way, was a, a phenomenal team goal. Yeah. A brilliant break. The ball comes into Johnson, flicks to Kyogo, who has the the composure just to roll into O'Reilly, and what a finish by Matt O'Reilly. 
Go on, you go, Murph. That, that, that's what I was going to say, that the flick for Johnson and the pass for Kyogo, which is just absolutely perfect, but what a, what a yeah. finny. He's a weak foot. Um, outstanding. So, yeah, so Mikey Johnson, picking up a lot of plaudits. P- people people can't wait to give Mikey Johnson a hard time. I'd like to think and hope that people can also respect when he does have a good game and be fair about it. Don't, don't become so entrenched in your position that you can't see when he has had a good game and accept that. Now, you don't need to say Mikey Johnson's now the answer and that's him back in the fold, but at least accept that he's had a decent game and that he might now bring something to the table. Um, but from Mikey Johnson's point of view, uh, and anyone on the periphery, all you can do is what he done yesterday. Come in, have an impact. And the headlines are, you know, Mikey Johnson changed the game. You'll have seen the interview post-match, Miff, where he was tasked with presenting Callum McGregor with his trophy for Man of the Match. He gave it to Callum McGregor, and Callum McGregor, kind of jokingly, almost off camera, says, thanks, mate, I'll give you back later. As in, you were Man of the Match. So, should Mikey Johnson certainly be starting on Wednesday, Miff? And what was your general take on his impact uh, against St. Johnson? I would say he should be starting because he's come off the bench and, and done the business. Now, it's a moot point as to whether or not that should be the case we should have more quality in the squad where we're not relying on Mikey Johnson but he's taken his chance in my opinion he's, he's come off the bench and made a difference when the team was was struggling so I think it's only fair Roger seems to be ang- angry not only at that performance but he seems to be levelling a bit of criticism at the guys that have been left out of squads because he's saying they're not showing it in training yep. that they deserve to be in match squads he named them didn't he? so yeah in Navrocki uh, and Tilio. Tilio. Yeah. So you're, all, you're all fit uh, So that would suggest to me That Somebody like Mikey Johnson We were questioning Earlier in the season About Roger's use of The squad and, and the subs That he was selecting It was all a bit bizarre And saying well Johnson's in for the Champions League And then he's not in for um, League squads And then all of a sudden He is starting to appear in, in league squads And it's coming down to I would imagine Johnson having had the benefit Of working under Roger before And knowing the intensity He's expected to train at you know, he's back, he looks fit. Um, he's He's been getting more and more minutes as the weeks have been passing. And I think that's Roger sending a message to the rest of the squad to say, you know, if you come in and show the application that I need, the work rate that I need, the intensity that I need, then, then you'll get your chances. So, fair play to him, but it goes back to the, the overall point for me is just that summer window is an absolute disgrace. Fair, fair enough. But James, just to stay with Mikey for as long as we possibly can. Um, I can't help myself, I just can't help. I, I think, and listen, I, I would say this anyway, but I think you've got to give Mikey Yang's minutes. You know what they both can offer. And at the moment, Yang is just not ready. But you do know that Mikey on his day can have a real impact. And I think it's, unfair is not the right term. You don't get anything for nothing at Celtic. But so far, Mikey Johnson's only ever been thrown in the mix when Celtic need a goal. We've been chasing a winner or chasing an equaliser. And St Johnson's another example. We're one nil down at half time. Right on you go and shows what you can do. And I think just on that basis alone, he deserves a start against Tibbs. You're at Celtic Park and, and it's an opportunity to go and show again what you're capable of. But this is a real challenge for Mikey Johnson. Celtic Park's where he probably suffers most at this moment in time. There's a, a negativity when he gets on the ball. There's a an air of oh, what's going to happen here, you know, every time he, he picks it up. I think, this isn't for me to say anybody, but I think as a fan, you've got a role to play. Surely we want all their players to perform, Mikey or otherwise. So surely you've got to support them to give them the the best possible chance of doing so. And I'd like to think and hope that the fans will get on side with Mikey if he starts on Wednesday, which I think he should, and we can see where he goes from there. I think he will start on Wednesday. And I agree, I think a level of patience is, is required. And... Because the the one thing he's he does and has done in the last two games he's come on 
um, is drive. He drives at players and he makes them commit and he gets balls and he was really unlucky not to score as well with his head um, yesterday. You know, he's just the one that came flying across him. Um, and that would have just capped a, a great performance. <sighs> I, I'm not really that interested in telling fans how to support. They support how they want to support. Mind just do it. No, I'm not doing that. Because that's, that, that's up to the player. For me, the responsibility is on the player to turn the fans around, not for the fans to just change their mind and and give you more support. Because they've had a lot of had a lot of time with them, you know. That their, their, their frustration hasn't borne out of nothing. So it's Mikey's job to turn it around, not the fans' job to turn it on them. It's similar to what Brendan Rodgers said uh, recently that you was asked about the, the fan situation with the Green Brigade to not being there to, to create atmosphere and he says, well listen, it's up to us in the park to create atmosphere. Yeah. So I get that. You know, it's not just a given that because you're wearing a green and white shirt people cheer your every move. So there's a, of course there's an onus on Mikey Johnson. I'm just putting out a plea for a bit of patience with him or at least don't groan yeah. <laughs> when the ball's but, coming to his feet. But the thing is, we're a wee bit with the, the world of the horseshoe we're a wee bit starved of guys to drive at people and Mikey Johnson's doing that. So that that is the kind of thing that gets the fans on side. You know, you don't have a Jota going at guys and we really miss that. Mikey is going at them. So, you know, if he gets his start on Wednesday, he really what he really needs is to be in a game where he just runs the whole show. You know, he was, he was heavily influential on Sunday and getting the win, of course. But I mean, run the show from start to finish. Yeah, and, and he was he was really positive against Lazio. The first thing he done, yeah. the very first impact he had was to get the ball, drive past a couple of guys and make his win at the box. And that that's the only type of thing he can do. And hopefully he does get that opportunity on Wednesday, <coughs> excuse me, to do so. Miff, you rightly mentioned um, Navrocchi, Lagarbielka and Tilio. So Brendan Rodgers was speaking today, early press conference for whatever reason, Monday. And he was asked about fitness and availability. And he said, listen, these guys are all fit. You know, he, he wasn't making any excuse for them. They just need to work harder and do more in training to impress. And it was, to be honest, it was refreshingly honest because it's easy as a manager to say, oh, they're just getting back to fitness and just finding their feet and they're adjusting to the culture or, or back, whatever. Back in the grass. <laughs> but he's, ba he's basically saying, these guys are fit. They're just not showing me enough at this moment in time. And I like that. Between that and his rant at half time, I think he's... I, I, listen, I like Brendan Rodgers or any manager to be a wee bit spiky and not to play all the kind of platitudes and, and safeties you know go for it when it's required and I think he's now uh, letting himself go a bit and I'm all for it well that, that yes great and I'm delighted you're happy at spiky Brendan but for me it just takes me back to the summer and just goes well what the hell was that all about but this is his kind of third rant of the week is after Lazio he's saying we wanted four quality players yep. we get zero quality players <laughs> We get nine development guys, you know, so that was a real direct. And I think Bridal was saying he mentioned Desmond within that conversation. It's mm -hmm. almost like I'm telling Daff, you, do, you <laughs> do, don't pick up your ideas, you know. So pointed first, Mick Nick there. Yeah, but he's, I tell you why, I'm a, because he'll be feeling um, annoyed at the criticism that's coming his way. He's getting this poor Champions League level thrown at him. And again, yeah, you know, the, you know, it's fact that he's, he's failed in X amount of Champions League games, but with a squad particularly the one that he's inherited at this moment in time, you're, you're set up to fail. That, that's the bottom line. So Rogers is annoyed, I think, at the criticism coming his way and you're just seeing the natural reaction to that. You need to remember that there, are, there is still a good portion of last season's treble winning team there. I don't think it's acceptable for him just to kind of sidestep it. What, what starters from yesterday, for example, were regular starters in the treble? Hart, Plenty. Johnson, Vickers... Taylor McGregor, McGregor. Really? 
no necessarily like Kyogo. So there's about four or five missing there. The four quality uh, he asked for. Four, four proper quality players. Aye, but the, the, the majority of the team is still the team that won so, the But there's a lot of players you can't trust within that, so I can't trust Hart now, can't trust Taylor. Well, the, the, this is, this is the thing. There's thing, a lot of creativity missing. Things, things have changed, and ultimately he's responsible for the way that we play. I, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of factors that have led us to look a wee bit off this season and probably contributed to why we didn't achieve as much as we would have liked in, in the Champions League. Certainly, I still think the performances were fairly decent over the piece. I think there's only really one game that stands out as being bad. But I think that even though there was plenty of games left, that last-minute equaliser, um, sorry, last-minute loss, last loss to Lazio was the that was a real gut punch. Yeah, because we just really should have managed that out. But I, I just don't think the manager is entirely blameless. That that I, I, I think he came back. And has told us that he was involved. He was offered, or these players were ran past him. He's he's accepted them, and he's seen fit not to play them. He doesn't think they're of the required quality. So, what are we going to do about it? Because what's clear is, if we go through the season relying on the players that we're currently relying on, more slip ups are going to happen because they can't. Those there's too small a core of players. They can't just keep doing it week in week out. And I take your point about you're missing a Jota. You're Hattati, missing a Hattati, you know, you're Moy, Abada, even if you go back to the season before, somebody like Jack Amakis that was coming off the bench and scoring goals, but we've not got that currently. So January's the time for us to do something about it. Really important run of games coming up. We, we just really, really need to dig it out. Do, do you yeah. trust Celtic to do it in January? No, absolutely not. Uh, I J- trust him not to. James and I done the pre-match ahead of St. Johnson. And we asked the question, you know, would he use this opportunity to freshen up the squad, bring in the Verrocchi, make a couple of changes, midfield or otherwise? And actually, I think Rodgers is kind of repeatedly using the same 13, maybe 14 players. He doesn't trust his extended squad enough. You see, he clearly doesn't, at this moment in time, trust Navrocchi and Lagerbielka, for example. And there's clearly others in the mix there. And I think it's a... It's not just, I'll just play these guys and the board can see that I'm struggling. But I think he, he himself can only hang his hat on so many players... And there's just this real lack of quality. There's 32 bodies there in his squad. There's probably only about 14, 15 he trusts on any given match day. And he'd like to improve on that. Yeah, we'll, do. we'll take a wee break from all of that. And we'll go to the mystery cell, which this week comes from Miff. So, Miff, go for it. Let's hear your clues and we'll see if we can work out the, the man in question. I think you'll get this. As well as playing in Scotland, I've played in Croatia, Spain and Belgium. I joined Getafe when I left Celtic. Stefan Shepovic. I am currently playing in the Thai League. I'd stick with Shepovic. Shepovic is the one that jumps out. And finally, I accidentally locked myself in a toilet, missing a friendly when I played for Club Bruges. <laughs> Bruges? That sounds like something Jack Henry would do at Club Bruges, but I don't <laughs> think it's him. Uh, so, uh, I'll repeat them. Yeah, go or have you got to do your wee... No, see, no, you can... Look at how... Aye, create the space. I have played in Croatia, Spain and Belgium. I joined Getafe when I left Celtic. I am currently playing in the Thai League. That's Thailand. I accidentally locked myself in a toilet, missing a friendly when I played for Club Bruges. Gadetti. John Gadetti jumped yeah. in there as well. I don't know. Gadetti and Skepa, which are Gadetti went to Getafe after Celtic. Getafe. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the guesses for now, Muff. So uh, we'll come back to you uh, towards the end of the show. Then you can reveal all and see if there's any gloating to be done if, you, if you've managed to bamboozle us. Well, 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 well. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, uh, we'll kick on for now. Um, key question that came out of Sunday, and we've been asking it for some time now, um, but generally, is it time to see more Tomoki Iwata? Obviously, Matthew played a key key part in the third goal, and, and listen, a very um, good contribution he broke for you. Oh, done well to hold it up in the halfway line. Tomoki breaks forward, puts in a, a plate for Jamesy. On you go. I, I, it's just a resounding yes, but we need to see more of him. I, I, I don't. What, what's your midfield makeup then? Well, well, hold, hold on a second. Just as as part of the question, do we need to see, see more of Tomoki? And also, did Callum McGregor's strike, brilliant as it was, paper over the cracks of another questionable performance? I it wasn't great, but in the Awata question, I don't know what he's done or not done to deserve more minutes, given that you know the likes of Holman. Bernardo have yeah. drifted in and drifted out not really nailed it down Turnbull has he nailed it down? No It's because they're more advanced midfielders though isn't it? It's because ultimately it's because Tomoko plays Kalmak's position and there's a real reluctance but, to, but, to but drop Kalmak I think we, what you're saying he's got the ability to go box to box I don't I don't think it would mm. inconvenience him to be playing further up the pitch he's, yeah. he's got an engine he's, he's strong he's got an eye for a pass as well I'd, I'd, I'd be putting him in there if you watch the way that he's broke forward for that goal, he's anticipated, he's read what's going on, he's anticipated and he's absolutely burst himself to get there. You know, if you're talking about, if Rodgers is true to his word about players showing him yeah. that they deserve to be playing, <laughs> if you're given over the course of, what, two months, two 15-minute cameos where you've scored and assisted mm. and looked like a really good player... What more do you need to do? What else can you do? James, do you think it's a ball cut that's holding him back? I think that's what got him in the, the squad. And it's, 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 it's a ball cut slash skin fade. It's, <laughs> it's something else. Tremendous. It's really good. But to Miff's point, um, I, I mentioned Mikey Johnson. All you can do is come in and have an impact. And I think Tomoki Awata is doing that. And I know there's question marks over maybe some of the contributions that we've seen from uh, Thiago Ho, maybe Bernardo at times, Quan's much further out the picture. But by and large, when Tomoki Awata takes to the field, and I include last season's cameos in that, he's impressed. It's not like he's come on and really struggled in, in any game for a, Celt no. in a Celtic shot. Just a, I absolutely doff my cap to your continued mention of Quan on this podcast. You are absolutely holding out hope for your man. <laughs> Definitely. Miff, as long as Quan's here, I'll be <laughs> no, I, fighting I, I his know. corner. It's, it, I mean, it's even like he's even in the conversation. Now, that 45 <laughs> minutes against Bilbao, man, he has been like, <laughs> on your way. But again, like Quan, he, he, you can't have absolutely nothing about you, surely. <laughs> you, you must have something. I mean, so at least give us a, give us a glance. I've been asked over recruitment team talent. <laughs> So it's very possible that it's it doesn't. A, it's a hell of a a bit of scouting and recruitment if you've just been. Just do you know what? We're getting young. We might as well get this other guy for South Korea. I said this before. He, he was decent against Wales. He was god awful against Bobao. But it must be what he's doing or not doing in training that's that's keeping him well out of the picture. You know, he must be having a meal. Aye, <laughs> maybe he's locked in the toilet. This is this points back to Tomoki as well, and maybe Mikey that you you can show up and do well in games, and that's obviously. We, we, what we want you to do, but you're saying, what more can you do? You need to be excellent in training for Rodgers, and if yeah. you're not, you're not going to be at it. I can't imagine Tomoki hasn't turned up and given it all in training. He just seems a committed kind of guy. He does. And so, he's, a, he's a powerhouse, isn't he? He's a fit, he's, he's powerful what, guy. He's what Rodgers tells us he admires in a midfielder. He's athletic, he's physical, a big, strong guy. Um, I, I think it's time, but we need, we need to nail down a midfield three. 
you know, we're sitting here well into the season. We're going, who's your midfield three today? Don't know. I, I, I've been saying this repeatedly now. Brendan Rodgers trust Callum McGregor. Of course he does. He's his captain. Trust Matt O'Reilly. Doesn't have a third man myth that he can hang his hat on, whether it's any of the guys I've mentioned, Quan or uh, Marco, eh, Thiago Holm, <laughs> Bernardo, Iwata. He doesn't oh, seem yeah, ready to give any of them a shot. And I think of all of those different guys have shown up in fits and starts, I think Iwata has consistently, you know, shown decent stuff. I was just going to say, Quan could be sitting right next to you, you wouldn't even know what it looks like. Aye, the, the Quan's a, a good friend, I think. <laughs> he um, just, no. he's, he's, listen, yeah, again, we get, we end up back at summer. It's, it's it, that's it, that's where it's all revolving around. We end up back there, whether we're mentioning Quan, whether we're talking about the lack of uh, depth in the in, in the wide areas. You know, you talk about the horseshoe. If you look at a pitch map for Palma, it would be an L shape down the line, cut inside, <laughs> down the line, cut yeah. inside. You know, the, the few times it has went in the outside or played in the overlap, it's created opportunity. But he just seems so. He just wants to get his shot away all the time. But I think he's going to need to learn. Especially playing with the packed defences in Scotland, he's going to need to change it up a wee bit as well. Palma, some of Palma's contributions have been exceptional. I hold out a great deal of hope for him. I just, I just need him to give us a bit more. Especially when it, you know, if, if you look back on Jota's time at Celtic, he produced big moments consistently. That we, we kind of need Palma to be getting into that territory. Jota done some bad games. I, no, he, he no, did, but he, he, he would. He would he You're would always remembered big for, for big moments and big but games. That's the thing. He always, he always showed up. <clears throat> When required, you know, against them in Europe and stuff like that, he was he was always reliable for that. And Yang's maybe not, uh, Palmer's maybe not had that opportunity because yeah. it's so early. But I do remember uh, Jota turning in some stinkers as well Aye. at the more mundane matches. Yep. But I think you can level that criticism at guys like Samaras as well. Some guys oh, just thrive on the the big game opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Louis Palmer shown against Atletico Madrid showed yeah. it particularly, you know, at home that that strike, his effort against Lazio that was. Rightly ruled out, of course, but he he had he's had the big moments in the big games. He's not had the opportunity to play Rangers yet. I think was he signed after we played them, or he was on the bench, sorry, wasn't yeah, he? Wasn't fit enough. He was on the bench for that one. So we'll we'll see what it gets to. You know, thirtieth of December, he's going to be in the lineup if he's fit and available for that one. So there's a chance for him to to show what he can offer. But I don't think anyone would question the fact that he had the heights against Atletico Madrid and a couple of games before and after that. But almost as quickly, he's he's gone very quiet, hasn't he? You know, he's not given us a great deal there on Sunday against St. Johnson, for example. The question I was going to ask, just uh, away from guys like Tomoki, Tomo, as Brendan Rodgers calls him, which I like, but so Tomo certainly is, he's due a start at some point. Again, you can only do so much in 10, 15, 20 minute cameos. I think at home Hibs is a, a decent opportunity, actually, on you go. My question around this is, if you take McGregor out of that squad for yesterday, say, right, mm -hmm. and we turn in a stink performance in the first half, who is on the pitch to drag you through? I mean, McGregor's goal is what got us moving again. Mm -hmm. Who is on the pitch as your, you know, standing captain to do the stuff that McGregor does that isn't really, you know, play related? It's supporting and driving. Yeah. So that that it's missing that part. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not open to it. I very much am. But you've got to bear in mind you're losing that part of it as well. Is it too soon to make one club captain? <laughs> is it? No, I think you're right, and we've had this debate, it's not just what Callum McGregor gives you in a footballing sense, he is very much the leader in that dressing room, you see the way he's constantly you know, encouraging teammates and cajoling guys out and, and directing traffic from the midfield, so there's that vocal element that he brings, there's no getting away for that, and and that would be the question, You know, can you remove that from your first 11 and put Tomoki in and not, not see a negative impact, that's, that's a dilemma for Brendan Rodgers, the other dilemma is the headlines that come with dropping your club captain, you know, the, the West of Scotland people are just waiting to, to come down on you 
And if you remove Callum McGregor and get anything less than three points or even a resounding win, then you're opening yourself out there. I think given the amount of football McGregor's played over the last five, six years, it's an easy, you know, this guy needs some time to, to just recuperate, you know? So I, I, papers are going to give us negative enemy. So what kind of thing? We'll make up our own minds on that. But nah, I think we should be able to take McGregor out of the, the squad just for his own good and ours and let him get some recuperation time. But then is it going to be Iwata O'Reilly and you've still got your untrusted third? Yeah, we'll need to see what he does come Wednesday. But, but the alternative, Iwata O'Reilly, and see if McGregor still get the legs for a, an eight. I'd like to see him in the eight, Miff. Would you be keen to see him a bit more advanced? Yeah, well, I, I did say that. I said that last year. Um, probably more so this year because his performances, I, I, I just think he's got more to offer yeah. than, than just th sort of recycling think the ball. That goal reminded us of Yeah, bit, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. He gets into the right areas. The games continue to come thick and fast. We've mentioned Hibs on Wednesday and it's Kilmarnock on Sunday. So I'll be at Rugby Park, 12 o'clock kickoff. Oh. Want to look forward to. They're, um, they're replacing their plastic pitch in 2026. I was going to say in a couple Jeez, of years' time. Peace, man. Yeah. <laughs> Get the tractors in in the summer. Yeah. The the question was put to Brendan Rodgers before St. Johnson. He was asked, you know, how he'll approach it. And he said something along the lines of, we'll need to start quick, we'll need to come out the traps fast. That clearly didn't play out uh, at McDermott Park. But he was asked again almost facetiously. Uh, today, you know, and how are you going to approach this one, Brendan? And he kind of laughs and says, oh, we'll, we'll come out quick again. Ha ha, much hilarity. <laughs> but on that, James, do you oh, think, else. based on what we've now seen as a bit of spiky Brendan? Spiky Brendan and hilarious Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Gift that keeps on giving. But James, you've obviously seen he's been frustrated at halftime. He's given, or he's expressed further frustration in his pre-match press conference. Do you think we'll see an immediate response from the players from the start against Hibs? I think you're going to see some change in personnel for a start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's been trusting guys that aren't um, giving it back. So I'm not sure who those people are. We'll maybe look at that in the, the pre-match. But do you think his fullbacks are on the firing line? I think you're you're struggling for options there. I mean, I, I'm a huge Tony Ralston fan, but I'm always going to put Johnson in front of him. You know, I just think he's a slightly better player, a, a better player. He's international um, for, for Canada and stuff so Taylor yeah I would love to see that changed but you're going to put skills in there probably not you know does Navrocki or Lagabielka going to take, going to take skills to place not based on the talk today Alejandro no, <laughs> so, no. time for Burnaby uh, as long as he gets the bus there yeah there's um, <laughs> there, there doesn't seem to be any sign of Alejandro either mm -hmm. um, what, what do you think we'll see against Hibs Hibs are in a decent place to beat Aberdeen 2-0 there uh, on Sunday they've Slowly but surely been kind of getting themselves together under Nick Montgomery, who plays a very Ange type risky possession game playing out from the goalkeeper. And I, your lads probably watched a bit of Spurs Man City yesterday. It looks even more <laughs> risky what Spurs are doing than what we've done, but that's that's a separate issue. And for Hibs under Montgomery, it's one thing wanting to play that way, but it's another thing when you've got Hibs players trying to do it with all respect. You need to have the personnel, so it could play into Celtic's hands on Wednesday night. Yeah, I think you need to give a bit of respect to Hibs in the fact that they've, they've improved massively. Obviously, we've played them already this season, failed to, failed to score against them. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game on Wednesday night and I'm expecting a reaction. Whether I get it or not, it's a, a different thing. Um, I, I would imagine there'll be some small changes, but I don't think it'll be anything major. I think you, I think it might be a start for all. Instead um, of Kyogo? I, I'm, not sure. I, I'm not sure if he'll maybe play Kyogo in the 10 or maybe just rest him just given that he's, he's played a lot of football as in rest him to, to bring yeah. him on obviously um, and I think you might actually see a water. I, th I think 
Awa and Johnson are the other two that, that I think will probably start. I'll be I'll be very surprised if Yang starts. Aye. Brendan Rodgers was asked specifically about potentially playing two up top, uh, Owen Kyogo, and he said he was open to that, whether from the start of the game or otherwise. But against St Johnson, it, it showed it can it can play a part. And I don't think any manager should say this is how I set up every single time, and I'm not going to bend on that. Ange Although Ange does do that. <laughs> But Brendan Rodgers is saying, yeah, you know, if I can see an opportunity where, I mean, the need for a deep line midfielder at Celtic Park, not always a requirement. Maybe less so with Hibs who might come out and have a go. But if you're up against, I don't know, St. Johnson, Dundee, these kind of teams at Celtic Park, you don't need Callum McGregor sitting just in front of your back four, do you? I don't know. I mean, Martin Boyle, <laughs> a striker I like, you know, fast, pacey, likes a ball over the top, you know, might need to be protecting stuff like that. So I don't know. I um, I think against St. Johnson and other teams, yeah, maybe it's something I wouldn't be too risky with against Tibbs because they can get at you on the break. They're, they are playing fast football um, and then taking your six out or your six being less present could cause you problems. So I don't think he's going to go any like 3-5-2 or anything like that, you know. Um, I think it'll, it'll be a 4-3-3. A three, three. I don't see Kyogre dropping into the, the 10. I'd happier see O starting and I'm not a fan of, how far long O is in his development he's got miles to go but there's been talk a lot of talk from ourselves in the last few weeks that Kyogo's not been getting the services you know it's, it's not him it's the service he's getting he actually did get fairly decent service yesterday a couple of them were offside but he didn't know that mm -hmm. and he didn't finish them so it's maybe just time to take a wee break let O in and see what we can do it's a bit of a combo with Kyogo at the moment he's he's not getting great service but he's also not in, in his, his best yeah. form there's, there's not going to be for that the one issue he lifted the goalie he scores that last year all day. Yeah, but again, he's, every player is forgivable if they go, go through a dip. He's been so consistent for his over a long period of time, but it's now time for other players to, to step up and provide a, a similar level of quality and consistency. Now, whether they can do that or not is what, what we'll see over the next few few weeks. But um, yeah, I, I would try and get both of them in the team if, if possible. What I thought was interesting about Brendan Rodgers' press conference it sounds like that's all I've done all day. Just listen to that press conference Monday, on repeat. Like but he um he didn't describe his wide players as wingers, whether it was Mikey Johnson, Louis Palmer, James Forrest, Young. He called them uh, his wide strikers, which I thought was interesting. That's so he, he sees it as three strikers, a central one and two guys up alongside that, as opposed to traditional wingers who hang about on the touchline and, and get to the byline. That that's not how Celtic's wingers play. It's a it's a different approach altogether here. Yeah, I mean traditional wingers is more uh, in a four-man midfield you've got one left, one right kind of thing so I, I can see why he would describe it that way but he's maybe that's maybe a you know using the right words in the squad to let this, these players know I'm expecting you to contribute to goals because you were talking about how Rodgers wants goals from all over the squad not just from his, his central striker so it's maybe just reinforcing to them that you know there's a weight of expectation on you Yeah If you rightfully highlighted that Celtic have maintained that eight point gap at the top of the table Rangers obviously have a game in hand which could see it reduced to, to five but do you anticipate Celtic getting two wins from two this week won't it Hibs away to Kelly? Yeah, I would hope so but they're actually two really tough games Hibs because they're, they're improving and Kelly because it's you know Rogers teams have not played well away to Kelly it's that it's that simple so um, I I am fearful that we along the way we will drop points just because if, if there's another repeat of the first half performance against St. Johnson, we might get, find ourselves too far behind in a game. Yeah, James, do you see six points from six? I think that half-time team talk is, is 
pointing towards getting six from six because players just know anything less than a hundred percent, you're going to end up end up getting bombed out in January. Yeah, it's too close to the window. I like the fact that he's he's pointed out when talking about it. Brendan Rodgers has said that it's it's important that these guys remember where they are and who they're playing for, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's reassuring to know that. Listen, these guys are very well paid and stuff, but maybe. I've touched on the fact that it's human nature at times, you know, played a lot of games, you're out of Europe, you're going to places like Perth and a pretty kind of poor day weather-wise and all that stuff. But you've got to remember you're very handsomely paid to represent Celtic. And I think you're right. I think it could be a, a timely reminder at a key point in the season. Yeah, and it is, you know, it's it's this time of year, you know, when points can be shipped because it's just it's poor weather, it's dark nights, it's, you know, the, the clubs, the team's not really been, it's not flown and it's time for that to just click, you know. Because um, the talent's all there and the, the strategies there and the managers there. There's no reason why this club, this team shouldn't be just banging in three points every week. So the one bit thing about Hibs games as opposed to Sunday is Hibs games are generally enjoyable. Football spectacles, I don't see any turgid stuff like we got on, on Sunday against St. Johnson. The Kamarnock game is just going to be carbon copy St. Johnson, war of attrition, probably yeah. even more so. Yeah, some enjoyable Sunday lunchtime viewing. Mm. Um, last point I want to make before we start to head towards Miff's mystery cell answer. Right. I'm intrigued on that. Um, it's something that I know concerned you, James. It was Brendan Rodgers speaking, I think, the morning after the, the Lazio loss, which obviously seen his exit Europe again um, all too early. But it was the fact that he mentioned, listen, it's going to take another window or two before I start to see my team. So are you concerned that it's almost given Celtic a pass or, or is he almost kind of... Um, setting our expectations that January is not going to be the time we see these key signings and we're going to have to wait for the January window and the summer window and then we'll start to see a Brendan on your side is that a concern for you? I think that's exactly what it, what it is we might get one in January just to kind of shut us up a wee bit but I don't see the the wholesale surgery this squad needs getting done in January those those four quality players and the one that we signed obviously has to be quality you can't be giving us any, any more nonsense they know that ship has sailed and it's also going the other way. Is there's there's a whole list we should we we'll need to go through the squad at some point next week or the week after and say right, you know, keep sell whatever kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we're, we're being softened up there, hundred percent. Um, Rogers has always said, you know, he finds the January January transfer window tough. It's a much tighter window, but that's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, you know, the, the the window is just the time to do the deal. My recruitment team should have been on this. They should they should run it well before the summer because you know they didn't do anything there. So where's the four quality players that you that you didn't sign? Because you can go and get them in January. Do you know what I'm fed up with clubs and managers saying it's a tough window? Myth. Yeah, it's tough. But I said it during the week to somebody. Work harder then. Right. Go, go and earn your big bucks because you yeah. you get well paid to be working in recruitment at Celtic. Don't, don't wish the goal was smaller. Wish you were better. Yeah. Whoa. Jake Humphries. I like it. Jake Humphries. World class basics. It's not Jake Humphries. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Um, but no, you know, yeah, it's a tough window. I get that. It's, it's harder than summer. But Matt O'Reilly came in a January window. Alistair Johnson dies in Maeda. Rio Hatai. You can get good players in that window. So there's no excuse really to not go out and pick up a couple of bits of quality if you're you're willing to do so. I'll take some of that there. Um, no, the that window, those two windows of Jackie Marcus, Jota, Vickers, Hatati, O'Reilly, Maeda, back to back, have glossed over a lot of poor recruitment yeah. since then. Well, but they've also shown you what's possible. Not yet. Um, well, the, that O'Reilly, Hatati, Maeda window was a January one. Yeah. Well, and just first two windows window. were exceptional. You probably had, I don't know, 
eight successes out of nine or ten, something like Starfield that. Starfield was in there as well. Yeah. You know what's still really, just really, really annoys me? <clears throat> For the first time in our Celtic support and lies, we were doing it right. Yep. And it was working. Yep. And we were getting results from it. And, we, yep. and they, they, they just Celtic'd it and went, nah, we're going to change that. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that, man? I think there was a direct correlation between that and the return of a certain chairman. Oh, and offspring of. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you're not trying to suggest that Peter Lovell would have any influence over Mark Lovell. I've seen nothing. I've seen enough. Just to go back to the, the question on Brendan Rodgers. So, James mentioned the term, he's, you know, he's softening us up for a, a couple more kind of windows before he, you know, he gets the team that he wants. Do you think it's a, Part of that also is just a plea for patience from Brennan Rogers, as if to say, listen, I inherited what I inherited, but you need to give us time before I can get my own team on the park. Didn't inherit again, it though. Again, didn't inherit it. Like, you know, he's, he's been part of those players signing. He should be saying, don't sign him. Aye. T- but, Tino's message here is, Brendan's <laughs> alright, spiky Brendan. Hilarious Brendan's fine, just leave my lane, lads, and let him go on with it. Nothing's his fault. I'm, I'm a huge Brendan Rogers fan, but I don't think <laughs> he can say... You can't use the term inherited because he was there when those players were signed. So it's for him to be strong and say, don't be signing that guy from my squad. Also, also summon, the, rest summon, them, summon. the rest of them had won a treble. Aye. Well, there's a lot of quality going out as well, one be fair. No, but you but know, we know for sure, for example, that Marco Tullio has been on the radar for a couple of years. So uh, Brendan Rodgers towed the party line, AGM and otherwise, he's come in and said, listen, I get final say on signings. But actually, it's bearing <laughs> out that it's just not true for I some know, of them. No, no, the final say is I'm not playing them. Did you ever your eye mask on when you were watching the Quan videos? <laughs> Jeez, man, come on. <laughs> but there's the thing. I don't think he's responsible for Tilio or Yang or Quan. I think they've been part of Celtic exploring that that Asian market. And I think as the front man, he has to say, yeah, but you know, we're all in unison here and I sign off on these players. But here's a question for you then as a manager. If you got offered uh four question four question mark players or none at all, you take the four and say, All right, I'll see what I've got. But ultimately he's taken the four. And guys like Navrocki and Tilio and Lagerbielka, as an example, but aren't if, featuring. If Celtic are running their club and their recruitment policies so badly, them options are four shite players or no players. <laughs> There's <laughs> got to be an option C in there, come on. But Here's maybe, a question for you. <laughs> but maybe Brendan Rodgers wasn't given the option C. That's what I'm saying, we just don't know how that's played out behind the scenes. The mystery box. Yeah. But we but, have to be, we have to be better than, than, we, than we are. And I mean recruitment team. World class basics World class basics <laughs> Okay Listen that's a A bigger debate For a, another week as well But you've made your feelings Very clear James uh, And Miff we know We know how you feel About Brendan So we'll, we'll kick on Miff uh, To wrap things up Let's hear your Your answer to the mystery cell. Do you want to give us A very quick reminder Of the clues Getafe Oh Same for Getafe Played in Belgium and Germany Spain Belgium and Croatia Locked himself in a toilet While playing for Club Bruges I, I will go Skepovic That was my big guess Bonus <laughs> Clue Clue His dad scored against Celtic For who? Now wait a minute <laughs> uh, it, was, it was not Skepovic's dad Correct. scored for Pernod Belgrade Stefan Skepovic Scored in the 5-4 game Got you How does the it Jack feel to game? the one inside? Like I'm, it? I'm never How does it feel to have had the clues handed to you fairly? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic uh, It's a decent one I'll tell you what we'll do We'll share it on social as well And we'll see how many Of the, the Twitter followers Pack up on that one But decent clues um, And well done to me For getting the answer correct James your <laughs> final comments As we start to wrap up This week's show Yeah two big games Coming up you know um, Just it's, it's a time of year To dig in And get the points on the board We're only Three weeks on Friday Away from the Glasgow Derby So looking forward to that Yeah I want to look forward to My last word As almost always Goes to you 
Yeah, bring on the next two games. Let's see. Let's see the reaction for the players. Uh, you know, maybe a wee bit. Of, they're a bit fired up. You know, buds pumping. Let's see it, lads. Yeah. Spiky players. That's what spiky. Spiky everything does to guys. So that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James and Muff for joining me, and of course, our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back with our pre and post match shows ahead of Hibs and to, no, 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 come on, like James, come on, like this weekend. Uh, but in the meantime, as always, thanks for supporting the Celtic Exchange, and we'll see you again very soon. Network.